Welcome everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Manny Hilario. He's the CEO of the One Group Hospitality. Good morning, Manny. Good morning. So, Manny, for those that aren't familiar with the One Group, can you just give us a quick overview of the company? Of course. Uh, Jeff, thanks for inviting us to be here today. Our uh, overview of the One Group, we're a global operator of restaurants. Uh, we operate with two uh, key brands. One is SDK, uh, which is an international steakhouse. We have 23 of those, those locations. We also have another brand called Kona Grill, which is a polished casual brand, and we have 24 of those restaurants. And uh, we also operate hospitality services, which is food and beverage services for hotel properties. And we currently have 14 um, uh, agreements that we operate on that. So we have a total of 61 venues uh, globally, and uh, we have uh, our two restaurant brands. We believe there's enough um, white space for 200 of each, so a total of 400 for our restaurant platform. And we also believe uh, that we can grow our hospitality uh, group from 14 to 15. Okay. And then these concepts, what segment of the market do you play in? Well, the, the SDK Steakhouse and uh, plays in the Steakhouse uh, category, and uh, we highly differentiate ourselves with our dining concept of Vibe Dining, which is an elevated dining experience uh, with lots of energy. And then Kona Grill is a, a, an American grill, so we provide seafood, steaks, and we have an amazing uh, sushi program within the grill. And uh, in that category, we're competing against most polished casual or, or high-end casual uh, brands. So, um, and also in the Kona Grill brand, we've introduced Vibe. So we are adding an uh, element of energy to um, um, a polished casual dining experience. Okay. And so what do you consider your, your biggest strength or, or core competency? Is it operating or, or what? So I think our, our core strengths are operations, delivering um, great experiences to guests in our restaurant. Our mission as a, as a restaurant company is to provide unforgettable and exceptional dining experiences uh, to every guest in every market that we operate because we believe we can be the best restaurant in that market. So very operational-centric, uh, very focused on execution of guest experiences. And then I think some of our other core competencies are uh, culinary, uh, making sure that uh, we have some of the most craveable, Instagrammable, great-tasting products in the market. And also, uh, just from the operations of the company, I think marketing, uh, particularly digital, and, and uh, uh, is a key, is a key uh, or core competency of our business. Okay. So operations, and, marketing, and culinary. Okay. And, and I believe you said you can grow the, the hospitality operating side from you know, 14 to 50. How, how much runway do you have on STK and, and Kona Grills? Yeah, so at SDK, we think it's 200 uh, um, locations uh, across the globe. It's an international brand, uh, about 100 of them in the U.S., 100 of them internationally. And then Kona Grill, uh, we, we think we can grow that to 200, uh, and that's all domestic, and we currently have 24. Okay. And your concepts, do you own those or, or license them? So we, we own the concepts of so the intellectual property and uh, uh, is all, uh, all belongs to the one group. It's all owned by the one group. And then are you, are you franchising out or 
or all yeah, corporate so, owned? So on the on the uh, SDK um, uh, business model, we are um, we are very differentiated on the fact that we actually license our steakhouse concept, and we also do something called a management deal, which is we license the brand to an operator, and then we actually operate the restaurant for that individual. And so we uh, about half of our restaurants today uh, are either a licensed or or a managed management site for the SDK brand. Okay. It's all company owned. Okay. And so did you start these concepts or acquire them? So uh, SDK uh, was started in two, 2006. It was started by the founder of the company, a uh, gentleman by the name of Jonathan Siegel, and uh, I actually joined the company uh, in 2017, uh, and uh, we acquired uh, the Kunigo brand in 2019. Okay. And so when you expand, to, to build out a new store, um, you know, what is, what is uh, the average cost? So for an SDK, uh, after uh, TI money, um, it typically uh, costs us $3.5 million uh, to, uh, to develop a new SDK. Typically out of that, uh, we achieve about $8 million of, uh, of revenues. That's our model. And then, uh, and then we get EBITDA in the, um, in the 20% plus range. So, we have a 50% uh, projected ROI in our model for SDK. Going to grow uh, a little bit less uh, to build, about $2.5 million, and, uh, um, and the margin uh, in the 20% range, or so 17 to 20% range. And going to grow, uh, we expect to be at about 40% return on the units. So very high returns for both, uh, both uh, concepts, and those are all cash and cash returns. Okay. And do your concepts lend themselves to uh, takeout and delivery? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we built a, a pretty interesting um, delivery and takeout business um, on both SDK and Kona Grill. Kona Grill, uh, the sushi component obviously is very portable, and sushi is very desirable on takeout. So we do have a pretty nice layer uh, of business on Kona Grill. And then SDK, during the pandemic, we learned how to uh, make the brand portable. We developed a very interesting takeout menu uh, with a lot more portable choices, and then we also leveraged uh, the consumer uh, liking for our for our side dishes. So we have built a very formidable uh, takeout business and delivery also in SDK. So as as of now, uh, we're you know uh, I would say that uh, that layer of takeout delivery for the company and the uh, overall is about a twenty million dollar business layer. So we've done a uh, a nice job of building that up. Okay. And did I read right that uh, you have some ghost kitchens as well? And if so, are there yet uh, any point where you can give some good feedback on those? Yeah. So, I mean, we entered into uh, an arrangement with Reef. Reef is a, uh, a large national operator of ghost kitchens. Uh, we're testing with them in, uh, in Texas. Uh, we just opened our first location uh, in Austin. It's very early to tell. Uh, the ultimate um, results of that, but we're uh, we're confident that can be another um, area of growth for us. But but as we look at that, that is a, a um, an extra auxiliary growth opportunity for us. Our core growth for the company though is the SDK and Kona Grow brands. But but again, we're we're testing and see if there's a an opportunity there to further extend the brands and uh, and reef deals uh, are uh, licensing deals. So. 
it's a very good economical deal for us if it actually works because we uh, add just another layer of uh, asset-like growth to our model, uh, which is complements our licensing model that we currently have with SDK. Okay. And then where are you guys? Um, where are your stores? Um, I mean, so, you know, uh, so the, the company is headquartered in Denver, Colorado. Our restaurants, we're all, all major metros in the U.S. with SDK. We're New York, Chicago, L.A. Uh, as I said, like 20, 22 locations. We're now in San Francisco. Uh, we're in London. So any uh, big uh, major metro in the U.S., uh, we're in. Uh, we're opening Dallas here very soon. And then Kona uh, Grow, we're in high-profile suburbs of big cities. So think of, for instance, in Chicago, where we have a Kona Grow in Oak Brook. In Denver, we have a Kona Grow in Cherry Creek, which is right outside of Denver. In uh, Atlanta, we have a Kona Grow right outside in uh, Alpharetta. So, uh, so we complement uh, the SDK uh, urban footprint with some very good uh, suburban locations with a Kona Grow brand. Okay. And then the growth strategy? Growth strategy is uh, open three to five uh, SDKs a year, uh, open three to five Kuna Grows, uh, um, um, three to five Kuna Grows a year. So uh, the, the addition of those two gives us about, call it six to ten restaurants a year. Uh, and then we think we can add, you know, a couple of management deals uh, on F&B on top of that. So, you know, the way I look at it, uh, you know, a, a steady growth uh, of about 15% uh, on units based on our existing base. And uh, we think those um, that type of pace uh, should continue to grow a significant uh, cash EBITDA for the, for the, uh, the shareholders. And, and then how about acquisitions? You know, the acquisitions, obviously, we always look at acquisitions. And uh, uh, we acquired Kona Growth because it was a strategic uh, addition to our portfolio gave us opportunities to go into smaller markets, suburban markets, and so um, so that's a um, you know um, um, so in that case the strategy there was a strategy that uh, um, um, you know was met by that acquisition. So the answer is that ultimately we'll continue looking and evaluating, uh, and obviously they have to make sense and it has to be something that uh, you know is strategic and aligns with our long-term vision of being the undisputed uh, global leader in vibe dining. So if it's something that we can bring in our core competencies and make a difference, i.e. operations, marketing, uh, and culinary, uh, and it's within what we consider to be a vibe uh, dining opportunity, I think we, we take a look at it. So, uh, so again, because we, we generate a significant amount of cash flow from operations, which is enough to, uh, you know, uh, support our, our growth, uh, we are also... Uh, interested, if uh, if available, to look at, at uh, acquisitions that could be strategic for us. Okay. Would would they most likely be new concepts or conversions? You know, uh, very good question. Um, you know, uh, we look at both. Obviously, uh, there's a, a lot of, uh, you know, mid-sized operators uh, that come to market where they have great uh, real estate uh, in great malls and in great geographies. So, uh, in those cases, and, uh, you know, we definitely look at it as a conversion opportunity. Uh, in terms of brand, uh, only if it's something, as I mentioned earlier, that we think we can convert into a vibe dining uh, brand uh, and we can add value uh, bringing it under our vibe dining umbrella. Okay. And the revenue model, you touched on it a little bit, but, um, 
you know, part of it is restaurant sales and, and part is licensing and part of uh, is operating. Is that correct? No, I mean, I, I, yeah, our biggest, you know, uh, growth engine is new units. And as I mentioned earlier, we expect to keep growing uh, the unit base somewhere around 15% range uh, in, in the next couple of years. And then um, obviously growing revenues in existing restaurants is another uh, base of, uh, of growing the company. Uh, our history is in that we tend to outperform uh, the industry in same-store sales, which is the metric uh, that measures performance on existing stores. So that's another source of, uh, of growth. And then, as you mentioned earlier, we do evaluate uh, uh, M&A um, ideas, and so that could be another layer. But, but again, no, no question about it that the number one source of our growth uh, will continue to be um, sa- um, new units and same-store sales growth. And in terms of revenue itself, um, what, what's the mix there between stores operating and licensing? I mean, in the, in the, the mix in, in the short term, we, we are opening um, some company-owned stores. But I think over the long term, uh, we see a business model that will be uh, greater than 50% on license and management deals. Uh, as I uh, mentioned earlier, that's the capital asset light or uh, capital light asset growth for the company. So uh, although we're doing a little bit more on the company-owned sites right now, I think you'll see us in the future, um, you know, uh, getting back into higher growth rates with licensing and, uh, and growing that as well. So uh, I would expect, uh, you know, if I look out in the company in the future, that uh, the majority of our assets will be under our management and license uh, part of our, of our model. Okay. So I, I see you've put some nice numbers uh, in uh, this year. Uh, for revenue and, and EBITDA, uh, have you, do you already have the low-hanging fruit, or is it sustainable? I, I mean, I, I think we uh, – so I, our, particularly, you know, um, revenues have been very strong, and, and obviously we've been able to bring that down in the, to the bottom line in the, in the trailing uh, 12 periods. We're around $44 million of EBITDA, so uh, – uh, pretty nice size um, on that, and uh, and but in terms of uh, low-hanging fruit opportunities, we clearly uh, have done well with revenues, but we do have opportunities in margins, and uh, so we, you'll see us focusing particularly on the corner grow margin, where it's in the low teens level, and we we think we can bring it up to the high teens, or or some number around 17% in the longer term. So you'll see us continue making action and. Uh, and, and taking on new initiatives that helps us take the, uh, the margins up. So in the longer term, although uh, we're at a, you know, uh, done a nice job with revenues, I still think we have plenty of opportunities with that margin as well. Okay. Well, what's the um, biggest challenge? Is it inflation right now or attracting employees or what? I mean, I, I think in today's environment, uh, you know, I think as you pointed out, the inflation is, uh, probably the number one challenge. Uh, I would say that about three months ago, I would have told you that labor was. But, but right now, I would say inflation number one uh, and labor number two. Um, and, and the inflation, though, uh, you know, our outlook is that um, it has stabilized. I think we saw a lot of it, lots of growth in, in, in commodity prices uh, late last year and then earlier this year. But I think from our perspective now, we, we have seen a little bit of a stabilization on that and uh, uh, so we, we feel that going forward uh, you know that will 
perhaps uh, be a little bit less tame. Obviously, fuel prices uh, stabilizing does help that. And then uh, ultimately, uh, in the restaurant industry, labor is ultimately always a long-term challenge. So uh, we'll continue working um, internally in strategies and initiatives to uh, keep our employee base uh, full. Uh, and uh, but uh, you know, no no uh, no mistake we made that in the long term. We always think that labor is our, our biggest challenge uh, that we have to manage in, in the environment. Have you been able to pass on your cost, your increased cost? Yeah, I mean we we have taken price increases. We took five percent at Kona Grill uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and we did take uh, one or two percent at uh, SDK. We have kept. Um, uh, the price increases modest. We prefer to manage uh, product mix, and, and that what I mean by that is we, we bring in promotional products to offset the moderate increases. So, for instance, in our steakhouses, beef tends to be our most expensive commodity. So, when we were, you know, facing high beef prices, we opted to do some specials with pasta, and in some cases, seafood, and that has a lower cost than beef. So, by switching customers away from beef to Delicious and craveable pasta and seafood items uh, were able to uh, offset some of that impact in in the core commodity like beef. So we we like to believe that uh, managing the the product mix is a better longer-term strategy for us um, in terms of, uh, you know, having prices that uh, consumers like in a restaurant. So we're, we're modest there, but we do have plenty of pricing power if inflation was to continue to be aggressive and, and cost of labor continue to be aggressive. We do have plenty of uh, uh, firepower left in uh, in our pricing. So, so finding good employees is always a challenge. But you know, lately you hear a lot that people don't want to work. Are you encountering that? You know, I I, I would say that uh, not not so much that people don't want to work, but I do believe that people expect more flexibility in the workplace. Uh, particularly, you know, uh, you know, working from home and uh, and perhaps uh, not working all five days of the week. So, so there's a lot more requests um, from the workforce for those kind of um, um, flexible uh, items. Just because uh, during COVID they experienced that, and and I think people built uh, at-home routines with family and uh, other activities uh, that they they do need some flexibility now. The the thing about restaurants is that we do work when other people uh, are off. So, uh, so you know, it's a, a little bit of a different angle there, which means that, uh, you know, our labor force tends to already expect to work in some off uh, time periods. But uh, I would say that, uh, you know, there has been a little bit of a shift in, in expectations and, uh, and employees do have a lot more uh, requests to flexibility uh, for their work schedules. Okay. And then in terms of key drivers for the business, uh, are there any left? Like COVID had uh, opened things up and I guess was a, a driver for a while. Anything currently helping? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest driver now is that office populations are coming back to uh, to urban areas. So for our SDK concept, which we have uh, many restaurants in big urban areas, um, uh, the business dining is back. So that's a, uh, that's a plus layer for us. Uh, also, for Kona Grill, we are in high-profile suburbs, which means they have a large daytime population. And so that, you know, again, I think that business dining uh, and lunch uh, is helped by that. And then just in general, uh, the other big lever in our business is brunch. Uh, there's, uh, you know, an ongoing 
uh, demand and growing demand from consumers for that state part opportunity. Uh, so I think we'll be able to to leverage that. So so absolutely, ma- many uh, layers developing. Obviously, uh, we've always emphasized happy hour in our business models uh, because the bar is the center of the vibe dining experience. It's a place where, uh, for all intents and purposes, the heart that drives vibe dining. So uh, happy hour has uh, come into play again. Um, we have uh, one of the best uh, values in happy hour. Uh, we have drinks and food offerings at three, six, and nine dollar price points. Uh, so incredible value, and people are in the cities again. So uh, there's that opportunity to have them come in at four or five o'clock uh, for happy hour, and then we uh, try to convert them into a full uh, dinner dining customer. So absolutely many levels uh, and many, many levers to still pull to grow our business. Very good. So as we monitor the company over the next 12 months, are, are there any events or catalysts that we should watch for? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the events uh, to really watch for is uh, our continued uh, opening of restaurants. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we just opened uh, San Francisco. We, we've been super excited with the early results. Uh, and frankly, the excitement that we brought to San Francisco. So the community has really embraced and accepted the restaurant here. And then we have, uh, uh, you know, six uh, openings scheduled for the, the next six six months. So expect to keep hearing us opening of uh, restaurants in a very uh, frequent manner. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, one of the, the really measurable events coming up in our, uh, in, in our uh, near future. And then obviously, uh, I think continuation of our performance in sales stop line uh, is, is something for everyone to keep monitoring. Uh, as we believe, historically, we've been one of the best performers uh, in the industry relative to sales for sales. So expect uh, to see us uh, continue um, doing well on, on same-store sales growth relative to our competitors. Very good. Now, if I read correctly, you're you're buying back your own stock. So if that's correct, then you think it's a, a good value. Can can you uh, leave us with something as, as to why you think it's such a good value? Well, I mean, I, I think as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, we, we've delivered about $44 million in EBITDA in the trailing 12 months. So, uh, we think that the current, you know, at the current value, current value, we think that our uh, stock is super attractive and uh, a good investment. So we did announce uh, a $10 million share repurchase program uh, announced by the board. And again, that's only possible uh, because of our financial strength and what we've been able to achieve with operations and and having a, a strong balance sheet. So we did do that, and uh, uh, and we uh, truly believe on uh, on the what we're currently doing as a company. Great. Well, Manny, so uh, thank you so much for sharing the One Group hospitality story. All right, Jeff. Thanks for inviting us to be here, and uh, I'll talk to you soon in the near future.